because we felt like Bodhisattva uh, uh, ancestors were involved in it, but I definitely felt more than Nephi ancestors. It was like, it was like lightning. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was surprised at myself. I knew I could get like that, but when the time came, it was like, all right, this is it. Yeah, yeah. Like if you don't step up and lead this march, it's gonna fall apart. Or you can step up and lead it, and then a whole bunch of other things will happen, which led to like three other marches and a change in the community and the name. Today, welcome, relatives. Really glad to be here today. It's Matthew, Luis here. Yeah, we made it to the second episode. <laughs> Luis has still got a lot of humor in his life, so that's good. He's still laughing. We're all still laughing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that humor is a good thing. So yeah, we got a good episode coming up. Got a real treat. Uh, Luis's friend Mingpa mm-hmm. is uh, going to join us for a conversation. Really interesting conversation. We get to look at um, some perspectives on life that I haven't really experienced a lot of. So that's pretty cool. And uh, he's a pretty fun guy. He's got that. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of there's there's some laughing in this episode. Warning, you know, just like <laughs> just disclosure. There's laughing in this episode. Watch out. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's good. We get to uh, yeah, just kind of drop into some uh, some interesting portals. And he's got a really inspiring story um, of just kind of like. Yeah, walking that prayer path and his own path and bringing his medicine forward and just kind of, you know, I think Luis will probably talk about this a little bit too, but yeah, just like, you know, just kind of doing what we need to do, what we're here to do, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. realizing that like we need to do it from wherever we are, you know, so that's where we're going. And uh, so, yeah, some good stuff in here. Lots of good conversation, and uh, yeah, I'm just gonna hand it over to Luis here, so he can uh, uh, maybe give y'all a little more of a personal reflection, because he's known Mingpa for quite a bit longer than me. They're actually from the same area of the country, East Coast. Yeah, excited to uh, share this episode. Yeah, Mingpa Huratum's a dear brother of mine. He is a uh, Zen monk, an um, unsui, so he's a, an itinerant or a traveling monk. He's a sun dancer, an activist, he's of African, Lakota, Taino, and Irish um, ethnicity and ancestry. So he was born on uh, Bridges Day, which is also uh, celebration day of Yamaja, so goddess of the oceans, the Orisha of the oceans. And um, yeah, really grateful for his vision and um, devotion to his path, a dedication to his path. Uh, he's a renunciant of uh, many years 
from the world yet has uh, found a way to um, as as many um, of the I would say like more profound or well-known uh, monks or um, wisdom keepers have done is created a profound impact on the world um, while, while stepping outside of it in some kind of way. I guess it's like the further you go within, um, the more that compassionate heart grows and you can't help but find a way to show and offer to the world. So I would say that um, Mingpa has no shortage of ways that he is offering to the world um, from his green initiatives to his sangha to he's also the founder of the Lakota Zen Meditation Center and has also uh, sparked up several uh, indigenous based and focused art galleries really putting the hands um, of creation to the artist in a way freedom to the artist really uh, shifting how the western world has done uh, arts and art galleries and things like that so really excited to hear about that today looking forward to uh, yeah what you all have to say and how you're experiencing it and all those kind of things so wonderful wonderful yeah, so, sounds pretty great. I already listened. It is great. <laughs> You're a part of it. <laughs> yeah, I was a part, that's true. I was a part of it. And uh, But yeah, so if, if y'all uh, listen to this episode and you're like, wow, this is good. You know, this is helping out. You know, maybe it gives you some fresh perspective or you get inspired or something like that. You know, that'd be a good time to go over to that that area of your podcast app or website or how it is you're listening to us uh and yeah and just give us you know some stars or some thumbs or whatever it is that that it does and you know maybe even if you uh really would like to help out you could give us a review even you know good bad honest mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. just communicate yeah express, just tell us yeah. what's up tell the relatives what's up you know so mm-hmm. that helps get our word out there and our name and so that you know we can you know have more community and you know more people can send us emails and we can you know maybe maybe we'll even have enough people leaving reviews and opinions that we'll be able to do a whole episode where we like address things that y'all are asking about or whatever so mm-hmm. you know those type of things are helpful you know and um yeah, and if y'all feel like you want to leave a donation, help us out, you know, financially for like, you know, cost of hosting the episode, yeah, editing just, it, a lot yeah. of time and hours going to yeah. putting episodes together. So yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to give a little bit of information about what's coming up after this. You know, we got. Um, I know we said last episode that we we're gonna do a core virtues episode this time. We're doing this episode instead, which is great. You know, we got to get this recording in while uh, Mingpa was in town. And uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, We're going to do the Core Virtue episode next time. And uh, that'll be Thursday after next. uh, That's how we're going to be releasing these every other Thursday. So that'll be coming out on... 
the ninth, 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 I believe, ninth of, of March. March yeah. um, and uh, it'll be with our elder, um, Talia Rose. We're gonna do uh, integrity with her, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of get into kind of some of the ways that uh, it's important for us to live in integrity, and why that's important for our prayer path, and for our livelihoods, and for our spirits, and just for the whole world in general. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what's coming up. Um, meanwhile, we got Ming Pa. We got this, you know, really beautiful blending of Buddhist. African and native perspectives that uh, he weaves in a really potent, interesting way. So, uh, yeah, you know, enjoy. Yeah, and for the listeners, wanted to share with you all to yeah get the most out of our episodes, our podcast, and this episode in particular, knowing that we're going to be interviewing relatives from different wisdom traditions, different cultures, different ethnicities, um, worldviews, paradigms, everything. So as we listen, uh, I like to remind us to keep uh, Shoshin, which is beginner's heart, keep beginner's mind, allow um, how we look at the world and how we explain how we see things and experience things to maybe sit sit on the side for a minute while we uh, listen to someone else's perspective and uh, the magic, the beauty that is woven in there, maybe how we share our stories, how we listen to things. Um, I know in Taino culture, a lot of it has to do with how we listen as part of speaking Taino is how we listen. So just recognizing that every different culture has different ways that they communicate about things. So pray that you all get the most out of this episode. It's enlivening and inspiring, as Brother Matthew said. And make sure to stay tuned to the end of the episode for the closing prayer experience. A really uh, special chant that Mingpa decided to share with us all. And really beautiful opportunity for you to uh, just drop in a deeper presence and meditation as we close out the episode so that is our outro so thank you for being with us today and we look forward to you journeying with us in the future learning investigating embodying laughing and praying along the way thanks for being here hope you enjoy Many blessings. Welcome. All right. Thanks again. <laughs> uh, yeah, we appreciate uh, having you uh, on again. And that's kind of now it's like uh, you're having us over. Yeah. Over your spot here, too. So It's good. You get to see uh, just because of that kind of period that we're in, you get to see a little bit of my Sundance wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, a precious altar. Yeah. It's good to come in and see that. Just feel the prayers mm-hmm. in the space that you've been building and generating. Yeah. Got the mountains in the background. You can see the greenhouse in here, too. Yeah. Like all right, sacred technology, sacred geometry, <laughs> sacred apu, sacred altar. It's like we're lighting up the space and 
um, yeah, we're excited this this episode really to you know hear about um, you know it's like last time we talked we were really hearing about your journey in coming into the Dharma, coming into being a powerful being of service in the world, coming to heal the world, and like really coming into this awareness at, at such a young age too, which is really powerful, you know. Yeah. Nice. And then uh, living that, holding that vision, and then today we're going to talk about how to put that into action, right? Service to the world, service in the world in action. Cause you've, you've had, you've got a few amazing different uh, sanghas and initiatives and uh, centers that you, you've started up. I mean, it's, it's exciting. So we're gonna get into that today. You know, we're, gonna, we're gonna hear about the different, um, the different uh, uh, expressions of the service that you've decided to make into the world and impact and how it's positively impacting the world, how people can get involved, you know, what inspired these different things too as well. So people can listen in on that, but oh, okay, like, dang, so this is this is something maybe I can do in my community. Or maybe they can reach out to you and see, hey, you know, connect and take action and join and get involved with what you've been doing. Yeah. You know, and then uh, we're gonna kinda go into some creativity too as well. You know, part of this is like we recognize that when we're here for divine service and we step into our creativity, naturally like that flows into our creative works. Yeah. Both as uh, whether we're working creatively to bring new trees and plants into the world or bring people together for the marches and protests or um, bringing through our artwork, through our paintings, through our storylines and things like that and the power of that. So really excited for, for this chat. So I'll go ahead and open with a prayer here. Take a moment. A whole great mystery, great spirit, source of life, divine essence that moves through all realms, dimensions, and realities. Call on the Bodhisattva Bhaktivaswada, call on the Bodhisattva Lady Kuan Yin, the harmony and unity of divine masculine and feminine that brings together the creative principle of the wish-fulfilling jewel, the divine essence of compassion, and compassionate action in the world, and our ability to take action to bring beauty into the world, to take action to bring healing into the world, to take action to remove the sufferings of the world. We ask that all those who are listening and those who are speaking, past, present, and future, are able to receive that which is of the greatest and highest good, that which is said is of the greatest and highest good, that which is received is of the greatest and highest good, and that this show, this podcast, can inspire those who are listening and those who are here in the room, right, continue to inspire us and continue to inspire each other and continue to inspire the greater community of activated beings in the world to take action in service and recognize that we each have the power to do good and that we just need to choose to do it. So may this episode serve as an inspiration for that in a good way. Many blessings. Beautiful. So I wanted to uh, start asking about uh, Amiti Sangha. Uh, Amivdi. Amivdi. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Beautiful. So yeah. tell me about where the name comes from and a little bit about, I know there was a few different 
traditions that you follow and work with that you yeah. brought together in this, which is really so powerful. Originally, uh, I was um, a part of the Unitarian Universalist Church in Ashland, um, uh, and I was chosen by a few community people to be the leader of uh, BPOC Caucus. And I just, I chose it because of the necessity for us to like have gathering places for melanated people and for us to develop our own community here. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh, work on being more integrated with the European community because here there's a lack of roots. People have a lack of connection to the roots when they, when they when we move out here from wherever we come from. Mm-hmm. So I was at the Unitarian Church, I'd say for about, uh, four months or something like that. Um, as far as living there, I was living in uh, Emerson House uh, with the, with the um, permission of the uh, reverend uh, that was there at the time. And that was where I was doing BPOC caucus events. Mm-hmm. And so after having leadership for BPOC caucus, it evolved into me, because uh, med- I meditate every day. I was like, why am I doing this caucus when I should be really having my own song? Oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. Why am I, like, yeah, I'm really concerned about um, the melanated rights and melanated indigenous rights and this and that and us coming together, but I need to just create a sangha based off of that rather than the BPOC caucus thing. I, I didn't like the way that the BPOC caucus and the idea of BPOC and even the name, yeah, could you explain BPOC? So BPOC means um, Black Indigenous People of Color. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't like the word, I don't like black and white people. I don't like the caste system terms because it, it completely denies our roots. I didn't like the people of color thing because where I grew up at in the East, that's a completely derogatory term. You never say that. Because it's like color, we would call color at the same time we would call mm-hmm. the N word and Negroes yeah, yeah. and all sorts of other stuff. Yeah. So I uh, was looking at it and I was like, all right, I'm not really, this is, I'm on, I'm on the West Coast, I'm not on the East Coast, I'm kind of out of my norm. So I get that there's certain ignorances here that might stand more, but I, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I like the, the unifying, but I only like this. And again, I'm a Zen monk. So. I need to start establishing that. Mm-hmm. So, like I'm, establishing something that brings through the Dharma. Yeah, I need to. I need to do that. Like, like I was going into my ten-year anniversary of being a Unsui, and it was like I like I, I kind of need to like evolve now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Step into something. Yeah, because yeah. there was a different <laughs> level of like you stepping into your leadership as a carrier of the Dharma. It sounds like. Yeah, it was like a lot, like I'd say there's three different things that was happening at the same time right when I created Mivi Sangha. Um, COVID had started. Um, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor had started. And then I was being brought into the IFA. I was leaving being Dhamma Musaluti Unsui and I was going into, literally going into within months uh, becoming Daram Orumila Unsui which is my, my Ifa guiding star. So I was uh, literally about to be initiated and brought into the beginner's aspects of Yoruba. 
as all this was happening. Oh, all of this was like okay. spring, of, spring of 2020. Right, and so that brings us back to like how Amiv Disanga is merging the yeah. Madonna and... And I'll, I'll go over that. Okay. I'll cool. go over that um, soon. Mm-hmm. So it became um, this decision of it's time to grow up. It's like when you're, the best way I could describe it is you're leaving high school and you're going to college. You know, or you're in college and you choose your major. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then it's on a more mundane level when I say it that way, but just for the listeners, mm-hmm. it was like that. It was like, okay, I need to grow up now. You know, I, I'm a Zen monk and it's okay that I'm helping the caucus, but I can uh, actually do greater things by, by do it, have establishing a sangha and letting other people do the caucus. Right. Because I didn't really want to do the caucus in the first place. It was just nobody else was doing you it. You stepped up. So to I stepped it. up to do it. Cause, yeah, because you know? needed to be done. Yeah. Yeah. But then you realize, like, oh, I can do my the thing that's like my yeah. way better. <coughs> Everyone's going to be better off for yeah. it. Yeah. That's important thing. And too. I can teach yeah. meditation and because there was too much in Bipak Caucus. One, because it was located in a, a Christian church which I kind of had my end with the relationship with European Christian churches after that whole thing was over. Not that they were horrible, but I just didn't like a lot of the negative problems that come with that, mm-hmm. especially in Oregon. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, it's time for me to just step away. It was like a, a, a universal decision on many different levels in springtime, like, okay, I need to do this. Yeah. So I established uh, that first through going to the Unitarian Church and asking them to, to accept the Mivi Sangha and let me leave BPOC Caucus. Mm. So we had some conversations, but it never kind of like flat, it never cleared up. And then I started leading marches. And that just, that didn't even happen on purpose um, for me. Like literally I got brought into the IFA um, around mid-June and then the next day that after I got brought in the EFA and got my guiding star, I led the first uh, March defund the police. And that was the yeah. one that was on the news that we got to see the... No, that the, was the one, the first one. Okay. That was, uh, wow. it was like 200 people. That was the, basically the precursor to the one you saw. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and then we marched that up to... Been building. Yeah, yeah. So we marched up to the mayor's house, not the current mayor, but the previous mayor, mm-hmm. and... Uh, from, from what I gathered as far as intel, he decided not to run for election because we did that march and rolled up on his, rolled up right around his house. So we marched like all through Ashland and we went up to the mayor's house um, because the police brutality and like this part of the world, this part of the country's um, support of that, it was too much. Mm-hmm. You know, like people needed to show solidarity with what was happening they were too hesitant and people mm-hmm. felt some kind of way about the mayor so I, I initially just joined the march to support it and, and what would you say the, the biggest intention of that march that particular march was? it was defund the police but it was to take money out of the police system and put it in the community it wasn't just like just destroy. we don't want to just destroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah we don't so want lawlessness we just want the police to be more respectful and they don't need all this money yeah help the community you know help the community yeah. out you know, and help establish things for, like, we have issues with, like, housing here. It know? reminds me, too, of, like, the military-industrial complex. Yeah. How that in America <laughs> is one of the largest budget 
things and like not much goes into housing or educational systems you know or yeah. art and you know, they were pulling art in schools and putting money into the military system dude yeah. i've got I have, a, <laughs> I have a buddy who literally like was working for a wilderness therapy program for children wow. where he would take children up in the forest and like you know give them that healing of like the natural world and uh, one of these big, one of these events that has happened in our country over the past, like, you know, couple decades happened, and they yanked the funding for this program <laughs> to give money to the military, to give them more money for some, like, perceived, you know, threat that they wanted to, like, go and take care of. So it's a real thing, you know, that whole, like... It's been happening since 9-11, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, so that, uh, I, I initially went to join my friend's march. At the, at the time, I mean, he was a friend of mine, we're just kind of acquaintances now, but I, I joined this march, but they didn't have proper leadership at the march and it became an issue midway. And so when we got to the police station, I took over. Mm -hmm. And they like gave me the mic and gave me the cake. They were like, you take over. And, and yeah, so, so when, you, when you took over, what, was coming through you that inspired you to take over and what did you see based on like the wisdom that you carry and, I and definitely your feel song like, I definitely feel like uh, the Bodhisattva ancestors were involved in it but I definitely felt more than Ifa ancestors it mm -hmm. was like it was like lightning man. Mm -hmm. you know, I, was, I was surprised at myself I knew I could get like that but when the time came and it was like alright this is it yeah, yeah. Like, if you don't step up and lead this march, it's going to fall apart. Or you can step up and lead it, and then a whole bunch of other things will happen, which led to, like, three other marches and a change in the community and the mayor getting elected and all these other things that happened. So, you know? so that's powerful. So it's like you stepping up into this, this position really brought, supported a stabilization yeah, of a movement that yeah. was kind of starting to maybe get a little lost yep. in chaos, and you brought the wisdom in. And brought the grounding focus in and then positive things happen in the community as a result and then it like it can it's huge because yeah. not a lot of people people sometimes people hear marches stuff happen they just think that people are tr just trying to make a riot but they don't recognize that <laughs> because some of because some marches do get uh, debunked by outside forces that come in to add chaos yeah you know? so it's important so when they we do. talk about the marches like like this did this in the community and this is why yeah that this is still, in our day and age, a very viable method of enacting a positive solution in our communities yeah. by gathering together and using our voices, too. Yeah. I just want to like point that out to listeners. That and I didn't, getting, you know, I didn't get involved in it because I felt like it was useless. Like, people, a couple of my friends got, like, like I'd say scared for me. Like, I don't know why you would do that, but... It, for me, it was like, I'm in the West Coast, and I'm out of my demographic, so when people are, are scared for me, ah, it's like I'm not at, at back home where I can like talk to Pan-African movement people like 24-7 or at least every other day. So I kind of took the, the, the scared skepticism with a grain of salt. That's good. I was yeah, like, yeah. you know, I appreciate that you're concerned, and I know what's happening with government corruption and this and that. However, we need to take a stand. Yeah. Like our generation has yeah. to stand up, man. We cannot uh, put put a display on of passivity. We can't do that in the situation yeah. with the stuff that's happening. It reminds me of uh, Vietnam War. 
There yeah. was there was middle school, <laughs> at, at middle school, maybe elementary and high school kids, and then obviously the college kids. Those were the ones who were doing the biggest marches. Yeah. It was the youth and the power of the youth and the voices getting together and saying, "Our generation is not putting up with it." Yeah. So then all their parents were saying they were like, "Whoa, okay." Yeah. It was so clear. It was like yeah. night and day. They're like, "Oh, this doesn't need to." This is wild. Yeah. If they're speaking up, and that's like the power of us today. You know, yeah. our generation speaking up, and everyone's like, whoa, okay. And, and you know, just to say again for our listeners, like our generation is that 80s into early 90s born yeah. window of people who, you know, really broke through a lot of the turning of the century, you know, came into coming of age in the turning of the century in yeah. a big way. And we're all now into these you know, having families or into different positions of power in the world as far as organizations that are impacting the world positively. Yeah. It's like you got a Mibi Sangha. Yeah. I was going to ask you, uh, would you say like a few, uh, if you could say like a few bullet points of the, the mission or vision of a Mibi Sangha? So, so the, the original mission, um, which taught me how to, how to establish the actual mission, mm-hmm. was to unify... Um, any positive indigenous backgrounds, um, particularly the one oppressive in, in today's age, unify them and uplift them through zazen, uplift them through Buddha teachings, but also give them the freedom to express their own culture. Mm-hmm. That's know? powerful. Which um, I found out later was, uh, was one of the big important things about Padmasambhava yeah. because he brought the Buddha tradition to, um, to Tibet. Tibet. Mm-hmm. He allowed, he didn't and try to enforce or impose any of their uh, nature deities that they, that they worshipped and prayed to. He made them into Buddhas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, everybody together. Yeah, so I had that similar uh, feeling of, especially after being brought into the Ifa mm-hmm. uh, and having that as um, the third tradition that I have in my Zen life to really um, say, look, I have a, I have a, something that I even do in my own life, indigenous-wise, that's African, mm-hmm. that is very, it makes it easier for me to relate to Lakota, and mm-hmm. it makes it easier for me to relate to Mayan culture. It makes it easier for me. They're very similar. That's, they're yeah. very, the Yoruba, Ifa tradition is very similar to other indigenous cultures all around the world. Wow. And it's been around for a tremendously, at least tens of thousands of years, if not longer. So it's, it's like it's not, it makes it very easy yeah. when I see other people's nature deities. We have uh, in Lakota, we have uh, Wakantanka, but Wakantanka is a similar and probably the same exact thing as Oludamade, which is the divine celestial. Okay, I remember you yeah. yeah. So. That's, Amibdi Sangha was for that. Amibdi Sangha was also to get, because I used to be a part of the Unitarian Universalist Christian Church, was to get the Christian church to admit that Esau was not white mm-hmm. and was not European mm-hmm. and that Esau was a melanated Mediterranean African mm-hmm. man and so was the Black Madonna, his, his mother, and so was that whole lineage. Mm-hmm. It was to get them to admit that because there's so much there's so much historical fact and accuracy yeah. that it's no longer like a thing. It's like, if you're... It's not okay. a conspiracy folks. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, it's, we're not... I can debunk it like like I can like shoot a shoot a uh, two-point J, you know what I'm saying, on the basketball court. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing to talk about. So 
that's what kind of intimidated them. That's why they were shuffling. Because they were like kind of kind of hesitant and they knew of it was the truth and they knew the era that we were in, but they were just scared to step up and do that. Mm-hmm. And that was inevitably one of the reasons why I left uh, Unitarian Church and decided to not really associate uh, with the with the European Christian Church ever again. That's powerful. And yeah. so so when you say Isa, that's like... Your... Isa, I, I say uh, as far as um, what people call Jesus, uh, historical accuracy not only in Islam, but also in India, in Tibet, and many other parts of the world. They, know, they know him as Isa. They don't yeah. know him as Jesus. Okay. Because he yeah, visited, cool. yeah, Saint yeah. Isa. Yeah, some <coughs> people call him Saint Isa, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you'll be Isa, Isa, or, yeah, yeah. So, like, so that, uh, so Amivdi Sangha is coming from that place. It was Amivdi Sangha, which was an acronym. Then it transformed because of me using it and walking that journey with it, mm-hmm. marching on that Indian road and then doing the Feds Out of Portland March, which was really, the Feds Out of Portland March was the real establishment of of uh, Om Mti Amivdi Sangha. So it evolved this past year into Om Mti Amivdi Sangha, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll describe like what it means. Mm-hmm. So Om, obviously the primordial divine, Mti, is uh or mti is uh, Swahili it means tree. Amivdi is um, the divine ancestral melanated indigenous connection to the planet, and the Dhamma devoted divine ancestors from melanated indigenous people and their messages, their achievements, their um, benevolence, their virtue, their karuna, their compassionate action channeling into us so that we can make correct decisions in the present. And when Shakyamuni Buddha meditated under the Bodhi tree, he literally said he was channeling things from the ancestors. So that's why I have Om Mti Amivdi Sangha, the uh, primordial divine tree of the um, divine melanated indigenous ancestors speaking through us to become virtuous in the present day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Powerful. So this is like... And Amivdi is like the, a word that I channel. Like, there's other words that I've channeled. I don't share them all the time, but, like, that's what that word means. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, like, to us here and to the listeners, too. Like, letting yeah. that, that vibration, that wisdom, that frequency radiate out. Everybody who's going to receive it and what it's going to do for them and their path. And, um, yes, yeah, I want to, you know, really point out, too, the, the power of you listening to the wisdom and having carrying forth that same virtue that you had shared with us last time we met, which is I'm here through my own fulfillment of myself within my dharma to support others in their path and their way yeah. of their indigenous relating to their beliefs and their culture to be in support. And now this song is like coming to just empower that unity in a big way. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, that's really powerful. Because now our base... Our big, now that I've become the co-founder of the Coda Meditation Center, our base is there. Okay. And then um, the Moyo Dhammapada, the art exhibit, we Hubza, which is more um, the free community service of, of the Zen monk. And then Om Mti Amivdi Sangha, they're all, they're both parts of Om Mti Amivdi Sangha. Ah, so, okay. So it's good that we... Yeah. Talk about that the overarching like what sparks all these other ones because then that's amazing so so the thing I wanted to last mm-hmm. thing I wanted to say as far as that's concerned is um, 
there's three jewels in the Buddha tradition, the Buddha, Dhamma, and then Sangha. Mm -hmm. So the Buddha is the one that channeled the Dhamma, and then the Dhamma spreads through the activities of the Sangha, who focus on being embodiments of the Buddha. So it's not that I don't respect the three jewels, but my reflections and meditations about what the three jewels are is a bit different. The difference is I feel like the Dhamma is first, Buddha is second, and Sangha is third. Cool. Rather than the Buddha first, Dhamma second. Dhamma has literally been age, it's ageless. It's mm -hmm. been there forever. Like before Buddha. Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. So it's been, it's totally. the, the purifying infinite has been there mm. at all times. Right. So the Buddha is the one who realized and opened his heart and opened his hada and opened his awareness to receive Dhamma. And then the Sangha are the people who followed the Buddha and the ways of the Buddha to be able to be closer to the Dhamma. Mm -hmm. So I, I start with the Dhamma, then the Buddha and the Sangha. So mm -hmm. the Dhamma is Om Mutiamiti Sangha. Okay. The Buddha is Moyo Dhammapada. Okay. The expressions and action taking of the Dhamma. Mm. The Sangha is Vihudza, which is, um, I'll, I'll go over, uh, to start off, I'll go over Vihudza's, um, um, Vihudza has four noble truths. So the four noble truths, as far as the four noble uh, Karuna truths, the compassionate action truths of Vihudza, um, I'll go over that, and I'll, but I'll first say what Wehugza is. Okay. Wehugza means Wakan Ecology, Honua Ubuntu, Garden Zendo Ahimsa. So Wakan is Lakota for divine. Ecology is, is obviously English. So divine ecology. <laughs> <laughs> Honua Ubuntu. Honua is Hawaiian. It means uh, foundational, but more importantly, it means planet. Mm. Ubuntu is the free sharing responsibilities of the indigenous community in uh, South Africa. Mm. Man Nelson Mandela and Winnie, and Winnie Mandela promoted Ubuntu a lot. So it's to see the, my reflection in the other people around me in Ohana in the community mm -hmm. and to be able to share freely with them and we support each other as one unit. Right. Kind of like uh, the, similar to Tai Chi, you move the body as one unit. Right. Mercy so, and Lakesh as well, too. Yeah. yeah. So Honua Ubuntu means the entire planet moves in Ubuntu. Mm -hmm. And then Garden Zendo Ahimsa has to do with tending to the garden to feed ourselves and to feed our community. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, keeping and maintaining the Zendo, the Ahimsa in the Zendo. The Zendo and Ahimsa, uh, the him, I'm sorry, the Ahimsa in the Zendo, the nonviolence of the Zendo is vegetarian, vegan, raw vegan. Mm -hmm. It's it's a, it's away from eating meat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying like, let's expand the vegetarian garden. Let's expand the free sharing of the vegetarian garden, and let's take deep care of our planet as well as the organisms on our planet, which are each other. Right, right. And then the nonviolence yeah. to, to animals. Yeah, yeah. nonviolence to animals and, yeah. non, and also nonviolence to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, Wehugza has uh, four noble truths of Karuna, of compassionate action. Mm -hmm. The first uh, noble truth is uh, Wehugza Green Initiative. Wehugza Green Initiative is 
to make sure that by autumn of 2031, 90% of the planet has free access to organic gardens. Oh. The second noble truth of karuna, of compassionate action for Rehugza is to make sure that um, the factory farming, slaughterhouse farms, all get, all get um, basically collapsed. We make them outdated and we make them extinct. And we have um, farmers market trade with uh, meat. Okay. That stops the slaughterhouse. Yeah, that stops yeah. animals. There are animals that literally get killed and they don't even get eaten. Because there's so no. much yeah. uh, waste and or overproduction. Just a waste mentality. Yeah, the so it's like, well, totally I can kill it, so whatever. I don't care that mm -hmm. it, about the life. There's no, like, even though I disagree with meat eating, if you're going to eat it, at least maintain indigenous tradition, which is to honor the life that you just took. Yeah, yeah. There's an absolutely none of that going on with the factory farms. Yeah, totally. None. <laughs> so to create the farm, to, to destabilize that and to just put it in the farmer's markets, you're solid. Because yeah. you're more likely to get organic, yeah. which totally. is exactly huge. what I'm promoting. Yeah, you're more likely to get uh, grass-fed organic, and people are more likely to start holding these animals in a more sacred fashion. Oh my so gosh, if you're going to meet at least have some sacred attitude towards the animal, yeah. not this is slavery with animals. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. it. That's, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. And, it, and to that part brings a deeper relationship, not only of, of the people's, people to the animals too, because then you have people who are, you have children going yeah. to visit farms <laughs> to get to know these animals, and then you have people who are developing deep relationships, because then you have the market mentality, which is more that sort of uh, tribal village, like, mm -hmm. you know, mentality. Yeah, that too. and so that's, that's like, that's beautiful. that was like a big thing with me doing me hooks at the farmer's markets. Okay, so That yeah. was like the, the, oh, cool, I'm in the farmer's markets now, giving away the trees, I'm in the nonprofit section. Now I can start connecting to the farmer's markets because this farmer's market here is a big one. In Ashland, Oregon. Yeah. Just to the farmer's know. market yeah. is well known enough that I can now go to other farmer's markets and do the same thing. Yeah. And then I have connections in South Dakota with a guy that, um, that has a farmer's market stand for uh, organic buffalo. Okay, so you kind of, so you're already, already preaching. Yeah, okay, so, so I'm that's, already. Okay, so that's, that's the second. So that's the second uh, noble truth. The third noble truth of Karuna for Wehugza is um, it's uh, indigenous eco-gardens being accepted as a renewable resource and being accepted as a renewable resource that needs to be respected by maintaining it through it being free. The access to the indigenous eco-garden needs to be free. And to prove that the indigenous eco-garden is actually a renewable resource, I have a friend that has an um, invention called the Earthlight, and it, the, energy, he, it, the invention runs off of microbial energy from the soil. Yeah. All you have to do is put it in the soil, and it literally lights up from yeah. the microbes in the soil. Yeah. And so that, that, that proves right that. Yep. Yep. That proves that this is a renewable resource. Yep. This is a free renewable resource. Thank you, and fossil it, fuels, but we're good. Yeah, you know, it establishes, <laughs> it establishes, yeah, we need to use renewable energy, but we've been using it the whole time, and it needs to be free. Yeah, that's we, so we're important. Two, we're, we're starting to get into this thing the where, greed. yeah, like the mm. internet was supposed to be free, all these things were supposed to be free, and now we're paying money for them. Mm. And it's like, yo, like, let's get back is, to yeah, like we're, we're forgetting, like millennials are forgetting how we started. 
mm-hmm. 80s and 90s children that are now grown grown-ups are forgetting how how our attitudes used to be i kind of want to like with the third one restore that napster attitude that we had you mm-hmm. know we were starting to really get power mm-hmm. beautiful you know so like so that so the third one is indigenous uh, establishing the indigenous eco gardens a renewable resource and making it known and free so that people have positive prayer and meditation practices in the garden with the food that they're growing and that they know that it's a renewable resource and they start using the earth light they start using all these other natural technologies and yeah. they start adapting to that rather than fossil fuels huge so, mm-hmm. so that's the base. That's the base of the third noble truth, and then the third noble truth has an expansion point. Okay. The three expansion points of the third noble truth are the emotional eco indigenous eco garden, the physical indigenous eco garden, and the spiritual indigenous eco garden. So the the emotional indigenous eco garden is we need to learn how to trade how to freely exchange responsibly divine medicine to other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. I like, I have Iboga, mm-hmm. I need to be able to create, uh, if say like uh, Palestinians get killed or a tragedy happens, mm-hmm. I need to be able to, through this program that we Hoogza has, send uh, medicine, Iboga medicine to the Palestinians so that they can recover from the trauma of yeah. being bombed by the Israelis. Yeah. I need um, to be able to send um, herb, if I need to send ganja, I need to send ganja from India to um, the Amazon mm-hmm. so that they can recover when their forests are getting cut down or when they're trying to do projects that like can establish uh, the Amazon better. We, sh- we share medicine with each other. And we share not only the medicine, but the culture of the medicine. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Instead of just people going around treating it everything like alcohol. Yeah, yeah. That's important. Uh, I think that's something that we've, we've definitely seen in the, in the ayahuasca tourism and things like that. And, and part of the, uh, the um, shift in the, what you say, like the psychedelic renaissance has been the uh, Native American church standing up to protect peyote itself as an indigenous sacrament so that it doesn't get overused or taken out of context or just over-harvested in mind so that the indigenous peoples of Turtle Island here who have used that sacrament for themselves and and, and uh, uh, the indigenous people of what's today known as Mexico uh, also are able to have access to this medicine that has been their medicine for thousands of years. Yeah. So, so yeah, I see the importance of that having that cultural context with these medicines. Yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. now today we've got, um, you know, mushrooms coming yeah. into being, you know, being able to... Legalization, you know, and like, mm-hmm. like that whole question of like, is it all going to be in a psychology office or is there going to be like windows in the laws for actual, like, sure. to bring Mazatec people up to... from Mexico that have been working with exactly. the mushrooms for... Thousands of years, or bringing Siberian shamans over that have been working with mushrooms for thousands of years to like actually do the real, like culturally, like authentic and like connected mm-hmm. to a whole lineage yeah. of like prayer and power and like healing, and that's what 
you know, like, yeah. Europe, like, like, like European, like Western, Western, however you want to say all these words, that's how the society, global society now is able to access that medicine as like an actual holy sacrament for healing, yeah. healing and transformational ceremonies as guided by those that have been using exactly. that medicine for it's hundreds, like, if not thousands of years. It's like de de you de we, we decolonize the, the medicine first. And that, cause decol and I mean mm -hmm. decolonized by, I don't like new age hippies. I like, uh, like when I, where I grew up at, the whole concept of a, of a hippie is completely different. They, we mostly called hippies civil rights activists. Same where I grew up too, it's different. You like, know what I mean? I, like my we friend, don't... Uh, <coughs> I, have a, I have a friend, uh, Eric Joseph Lewis, he, he like travels and goes to schools and he's like plants thousands of trees and food forests every you year. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he has elementary schools that are like kids that are growing gardens everywhere, all yeah, across the East Coast, North like, and South. And his thing is like, real hippies don't play. You know Which what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> taking action and like changing the world. So yeah, I see it's a difference in the West, you know, of, of like a more more washy energy. And so 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 before we get too, too fractal out, um, I want to explain the, the third. Oh, finish the third. Yeah, yeah the, so, so this is the expansion so, of the so, third. So the emotional uh, indigenous eco garden is coming from that perspective, healing the emotional trauma with the shamanic plants, and with uh, also basic plant food that we have because we also need to be sharing plant food with each other. We we need to be prepared to establish ourselves as nations again, indigenous people, and do trade with other nations the way that we used to do before colonization happened. Yeah, bring it And I, I don't look at trade as far as money. I look at trade as like Goods freely freely sharing with each other because we need to restore our earth, mm -hmm. period. We need to stop with this money and do you have enough coin? No, this person got attacked, so I'm going to share with them. And yep. there'll be like a certain value of contributing first, helping people first, and then are starting to take care of each other and look after each other, yeah. you know, to create that environment for that to happen. Yeah. Then uh, the physical indigenous eco-garden is what I said in the beginning. Mm -hmm. The spiritual indigenous eco-garden will be, um, I'm establishing a meeting, uh, a grand meeting of mathematicians, inventors, monks, uh, real genuine indigenous shamans, um, medicine men, medicine women, um, different like educators, uh, and just different people like philanthropists and things like that, historians to all, to, for us to have a conference and to meet up with each other once a year, twice a year, probably on the winter and summer solstices or on the equinoxes, and to literally look at history and debunk whatever's a lie and establish whatever's the truth. Rewriting history. Yeah. Like so like, truly let's, back to the let's, original. That's going to change know? so much. Yeah. That's huge. And so that's the spiritual wow. indigenous That's going to heal everybody. Yeah. That's healing all nations too because it's putting everyone back in their right place in the, in the wheel of the story. Yeah, because... We all have a right a righteous place in, in the wheel. Yeah. It's like finding where our... Yeah, that's, that's huge. I don't, I don't, I'm tired of seeing this like... Um, now, nah, no disrespect to what you were saying about Issa, you know, because yeah. I know that you're you're focused and you're studying, but for people who aren't, what's Issa? I thought Jesus was white. Like yeah. I'm kind of I'm done with it, man. 
So it's like sharing I'm original done. truth. Let's, so that let's, can yeah, learn. let's just debunk it now. Yeah. And I, I'm, mm-hmm. t- I'm, I'm done with it. It's boring. You know, mm-hmm. it's like because the information's been out there. There's been like on Phil Donahue. There's been like news stories about it. It's been like in public news, on and off. It's been in movies. I'm tired. I'm done, man. Yeah, the movie you know part I mean? is wild. Yeah. <coughs> so that's part of this, this spiritual, uh, the spiritual indigenous eco garden is changing it, recorrecting what's been put in the history, and that that brings into like culture. Yeah. Because like when you're creating a culture, it's all about the media of the culture, right? Like what's written down, what's spoken, what songs are created, and what artwork is there. Yep. And then when that, that generates the thought form and the paradigm of a whole groups of people. And we're in this time now where we are rebuilding an original indigenous culture in the world and coming back into that, that re-empowerment of each person's innate indigeneity into like the original histories and, and then bringing everyone back into when they were in their relationship to the divine source and to their own power. So that's a, that's a powerful, like, yeah, man. okay, so, so that's, so that's the third noble truth, uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, the three worlds of the indigenous eco garden, the, uh, physical world, the emotional world, the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. And just as a note, um, I started this whole thing, uh, when I, I was mm-hmm. in SOAR, uh, which is, uh, South Oregon Arts and Research. I was in SOAR on their 10 year anniversary in 2017. And that was actually, even though I don't get along with uh, Mayor Julie Akins anymore, that was where I met her. We oh, actually okay. did, we were in SOAR together yeah, yeah. in 2017. Oh, okay, and that yeah. was when I started the idea. And that's where I came up with, um, I have a graph, it's like 10 different regions and like awarenesses that affect people and how they live. And that's where I came up with the, um, the tribal way of life is the third most important. The divine um, gender way of life is the second, and then the third is the Dhamma. I mean, mm-hmm. um, the first is the Dhamma, second is the divine gender, and then the third is the divine um, tribal background of the person. Beautiful. Yeah, and it, those like have play the those are like the top three influences in people's lives. Mm-hmm. So like that was what we did at SOAR. I kind of put that on display and I started to focus on debunking falsehoods. And it got intense because people were talking about 9-11 and uh, uh, the current mayor, she's a journalist and she actually covered 9-11. And there was falsehoods spread during 9-11. So people kind of started confronting her about it during the interview. But it was a good research. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it was, yeah. but overall it was a good um, experience and it led to me creating that spiritual indigenous eco garden meeting okay. that I'm going to start launching and then the fourth um, noble truth uh, of Karuna for Wehugza the last one is to make sure that um, street cars and streets and roads are become extinct and that we develop a hovercraft and air car um, systems to be able to travel, and so that we can wow. restore the rain, we can restore the rainforest. We can use all of that space that the roads take up to to establish housing, rainforests, mm-hmm. gardens. We can do more. Yeah. And That's there's huge. a there's actually a new jetpack and hovercrafts that have come out. Uh, as inventions over the past five years, this new hovercraft uh, flotation um, a vehicle, like a car that, that flies. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's an air car, but this is a hovercraft, 
kind of device. The air car has like a propeller in the back and then a thing in the front. But this new thing is like the hot thing that all the like the millionaires want to get. It just came out this past year. Uh, it's like seven hundred seventy thousand dollars or something like that. This is this car that's like a hovercraft with like four flotation um, spindles on it, and you just take off and go. Powerful. So, yeah. So like we need to bring in um, energy, renewable energy-based vehicles like that. I already know for a fact that there's a uh, hydrogen-powered air car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that concept has been around for a little while. And then, yeah. grow, it's about time. living, you you was in D.C. I lived around the D.C. tri-state for, for eight years. It's, you know, so I, I wasn't in Bumpkinville, you know, so I was around D.C., man, and like in 2004, when I was trying to get a, um apartment, condo kind of situation, I think it was a house I was trying to move in, the woman that I, that I was trying to get the house with worked for a big, um, invention company they like brought in inventors and made their stuff solid patented their stuff and helped to sell their stuff and she was the one who wow. told me about the air car yeah yeah you know and i've met i've met inventors around dc that a guy invented a, a honda that could run on um solar power for six hours all you had to do is just keep it out and just run it honda bought it off of them and never put it on the market Brought it off of them for, for uh, seventy eight thousand. This is like two thousand four, man. This is almost twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. So, so the technology, yeah. Been around, let's so let's, let's the bring all the technology out. Is, you know. Yeah. So that's what <clears> I say. Like the fourth noble truth within we Hoopsa is bringing out these sustainable technologies to be used so that we yeah. reheal the earth through being able to still interact and relate with one another, get around. But the way that we're getting around and moving around upon the earth. Is sustainable to yes. the earth and regenerative too. It's renewable to the renewable. Earth. Yeah, <laughs> it's not just sustainable, but that it's actually putting things back. You know. And the, um, the reason I you. made it the fourth noble truth is because um, right around the time I, I I realized and channeled the word amivdi and what it meant, I had a vision about um, what the planet used to look like before the roads. And what the planet looked like before Columbus got here, and even what the planet looked like before um, the native tribes started fighting each other. Huge. I mean, that's and it that's was like it that. was like the trees were so large, it was so amazing. I was like yeah. kind of blown away. Carrying that original and that vision, was, and that was how I came up with that last uh, noble truth: was okay, this is how we're going to restore it. Yeah. So, um, I have a question about that because, um, I mean, what are you defining as roads? Because like there's pa- like even way over there like there's still a path from village to village. There's still like paths through the forest and things so, like so that. I, so like what I, are you defining as like so roads? I, so I say this: instead of going from shopping cart up to here, on a, you kind of cross over the highway bridge. Yeah, yeah. You take uh, you go down to like the highway intersection. You pass that, and then you come up here. Yeah. No, you get in the air car and you fly up here. So you go from Land. like parking lot to parking yeah. lot instead of like... And then all these mm-hmm. roads and highways can be made into homes, can be made into gardens, can be made into trees. A lot of it is to really restore the rainforest. Mm-hmm. We used to have rainforest in this country. We used to have expanded um, pine forests in this country. Mm-hmm. We don't have... We have like uh, the Pacific Northwest Trail and we have the splendor of that. We're fortunate to be here and have that and have Shasta and all that. 
the Shasta is literally there as a representation of what needs to be restored. Not, oh, honor it because it's still here. Like, no, it's still here and it's telling you to continue it. Mm -hmm. So that's like what I got from being here and being around Shasta because this is my first time being exposed to like the Pacific Northwest. It's living out here. Mm -hmm. Where me and him are from, like, they destroy most of the nature. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot yeah. of that. So I want to mm -hmm. uh, uh, bring it into the power of visioning and the power of our visions and just really like remind the audience and the, the people listening too that um a lot of us may have had different visions in our meditations or in different ceremonies or even just in our dreams and being able to create opportunities for ourselves to really clarify our inner vision because from what you said Ming Fuzz, like you were able to have a vision of the original aspect of what here on Turtle Island looked like. Yeah. And from that vision are able to be empowered through how to use what, where we are today to get us back to a closer understanding of that. Yeah. So that's, that's important. I just want to point that out to the power of like really listening to and trusting the visions that are coming through and being able to take action on them. And this is one of the amazing ways too. We'll talk about how people can get involved with yeah. we hooks a layer that's exciting too yeah. it's like, okay i know there's now you're either breaking down so many different ways that people can show up yeah. to spread this this is this is amazing what you're doing uh well. the uh, last thing i want to say regarding we hooks is um i uh in 2004 i was uh one of the uh, top canvassers for progressive maryland and we worked on taking putting money back into the school system and taking money out of the war budget we worked on um, um, closing corporate tax loopholes, and we also worked on um, um, we worked on uh, changing the amount of money that people were made. Uh, we to expand the um, minimum wage, basically, mm. to 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 upgrade the minimum wage. That's so true. we had three bills we were working on revolved around those three subjects, and I was a part of the team that helped Progressive Maryland get their first bill passed through uh, legislation, which was against corporate tax loopholes in Delaware. So I have some connections in um, D.C. still to this day because of certain things that I've done. And now I'm going to use that leeway, and, and including stuff that I've done here. I was on the mayor's coalition in 2020 um, before um, I had a falling out with the mayor about Aiden Ellison's murder from a white supremacist. Mm. So... I still have connections with um, City Councilwoman Gina Duquesne, the first uh, African-American um, uh, woman to be on City Council in Ashland, probably the first African-American person to be on City Council in Ashland, to be honest with you. And then um, there are other things politically that I, that I operate through. I'm not a political person, but it's not like I'm not politically um, wise. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely wise about the importance of um, working, doing some work in the political world. I just don't get too fixated with it. Right. Or too fixated with the money making world either. It's good to have money to be able to provide for other people, to be able to take care of people, especially people who are working on improving this planet. However, I'm not fixated with it. Which and this is, is which is why I left society for so long. Yeah, and this is something I want to point out too and this this whole episode like we were saying earlier, you know, this is really inspiring those who have a benevolent wish to possibly influence and impact the world 
recognizing that you can take that responsibility and take action on that responsibility by putting, bringing yourself into that same world that you might be feeling hesitant about interacting with, yeah. right? There's some different folks who, who may have a good wish, but maybe like, oh, I don't know if I want to interact because there's so much suffering there or something, but it really takes that courage to develop a positive plan and then step into and be creative in the world. And now you get to see like how, how it's changing things. And I want to uh, touch on too, just for our listeners who may not recognize a lot of uh, what we're talking about too with uh, Amidi Sangha here, and then we're going to talk about Moyo Dhammapada, the yeah. art gallery and the other aspects of the creative aspects yeah. here in Southern Oregon, the power of, like you were saying, the, um, the, um, the BIPOC caucus and how Southern Oregon for a long time had an intensely um, racist and white supremacist history and background, just for the listeners to understand some of the, the energetic climate of what is being transformed in this generation and this time yeah. by different uh, groups of tribal ethnicities and people coming together and uniting sharing words and wisdom, sharing creativity, um, and um, well, while, while you remember that, I wanted to say uh, also um, Moyo Dhammapada, the art exhibit, um, there's eight, uh, there's an eightfold path to the Moyo Dhammapada art gallery. Cool, and we'll get, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, both we hooks and Moyo Dhammapada maintain the uh, Buddha teachings with the four noble truths of Karuna, four we hooksa, and then the um, eight, the eightfold path um, as far as describing the different types of arts that are involved in Moyo Dhammapada. There's eight of them. And it reminds uh, me of the the wheel. Yeah. Not everybody recognizes, but uh, some people who might know who have uh, different connections to Buddhism or, or there's the eight-spoke wheel. Sometimes there's the four-spoke wheel, yeah. which is the more older one, but you don't see as much anymore. Yeah. But yeah, there's the eight-spoke wheel, which eight is the eight-fold path. Yep. <laughs> so this is this is a, a big piece that, that's going to be important to understand. So then, so yeah, now we can shift into, you know, the power of creativity yeah. and changing a culture. And this is what we're saying about here, Southern Oregon, where a lot of this is sparked out of in the shifting points of creating a new culture here that's a template for new cultures around the world where we're shifting the the power structures into more tribal-based eco-friendly eco-sustainable eco-regenerative ways of uniting in a compassionate way yeah. so i just want to like point out the amazingness of this all this work that you've been doing and like really like keeping it going, keeping the vision driving. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about Moyo Dhammapada and, and yeah, it's, this is an exciting part too because we're all artists here. We're all creators, yeah. you know, Matthew's got <laughs> writings and artwork and just creative visionary. You've yeah. been telling me about some of your stories. I've got some books in the works and yeah. my paintings and, and so this is a cool, cool thing. That, so so yeah. Moyo Dhammapada, originally I had a radio show uh, with KSKQ here in Ashton before they kind of fell apart a little bit. Um, they used to have their own radio station right off of Hersey. And I, I was with them for, I'd say, like three to four months. And I had a show called Honua Moyo Dhammapada. 
Uh, Honowa again is Hawaiian, it means uh, planet. Moyo is Swahili, it means heart. And then Dhammapada are the um, teachings of Shakyamuni Buddha uh, in, the Pali, in the Pali canon. So I uh, will have, uh, during my radio show, I would like do a Medicine Buddha chant like in the middle or a Chenrei Zig chant in the middle or a Heart Sutra chant in the middle. Um, sometimes I would do a native chant but I really wanted to focus more on the Buddha tradition, and then I would or organize the songs in a way where I would take old school hip hop and new school hip hop, and I would do teaching. I would teach Buddha teachings through the songs. Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. So yeah. it's a way to really spread spread the wisdom and yeah. the creativity, and and like that's another thing too. Like you were saying, is like uh, with Amiti Sangha, is like everyone who has their different way of communing to the divine source, yeah. like using like their way to still share that beauty and wisdom. And I see how you're doing that too. Yeah. Like bringing the, you know, bringing the Dharma through the freestyles. Yeah. So like that's, that's, that's huge. And, and same too, like uh, Matthew, I've seen you do with, with some of your, your visionary writing worlds is like being able to bring different pieces of wisdom through the written word, you know, and that's something I've been learning with the, you know, I've been working on and, artwork too so this is this is cool cool yeah. that you been okay yeah. so like what i would do was uh i would like take um this is an example i just take uh nas's one love song and then i would take um like uh onyx song uh last days and i would talk about because last days and one love is about his friend being locked up and him writing to him in jail him writing to him in prison about oh, what's okay. going on in the hood and him being a support system for him so when he goes out when he gets out he knows that his family is still there yeah he knows he still has a place to return to it's a, it was a big deal in the 90s when that song came out last days from onyx is like be watch out for the military industrial complex oh, okay wow so yeah. i would bring those two songs together to say hey the military industrial complex is involved in imprisoning our brothers and sisters mm -hmm. and to show the variations between the two emotional feelings mm -hmm. then I would go into a song like um, Bob Marley's One Love mm -hmm. and um, I'd probably before going into Bob Marley's One Love I'd have like a song like Nonchalant five o'clock in the morning there's a song uh, that Nonchalant that she's an MC she came out with it was about her brother hustling on the corner at five o'clock in the morning and how she saw all these other young men in our community doing that. She was actually from DC, nonchalant. Uh -huh. And how problematic that was and yeah. how we needed to stop. Yeah, yeah. You know, and at the end of this video, unfortunately her, her brother gets killed mm -hmm. while selling drugs and there's a whole big thing with the police. It's like it's crazy. So to show like when we entertain those negative karmic patterns, what the result is. And then I'd play a Bob Marley One Love song, and I'd say, look, like we need to mm -hmm. focus on first coming together with the indigenous community, and then whoever from the outside is supporting the indigenous, honestly supporting the indigenous community. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I'd roll into a song, more unity-based songs, you know? Mm -hmm. But like deep unity, deep coming together, like Marvin Gaye, What's Going On? That kind of a thing. Yeah, that was big when that you came out. You know what out. I mean? That was huge. Yeah. I, that was how I did my show. Okay. You know? Okay. So that was <laughs> one of the first, the first uh, kind of shots of the arrow 
Yeah. And then like a year later, me and Bernard Lawrence got together and um, I was at Ashton Artworks and I did an uh, art gallery for Black History for African History Month. And then that was when I was like, okay, I've, because I had been doing art galleries for a year. I, I was at Ashton Art Center doing a few art galleries when they still existed. Now they're uh, Catalyst uh, downtown Ashland. And they got, you know, taken over by people who I actually like more, um, Precious and uh, Andres. They, like, do art galleries down there. Oh, okay, beautiful, beautiful. So, like, but at the time, like, that was this, I would do little art galleries and get started. Then when I did the art gallery with Bernard, we were at Ashland Artworks, and it was official. We had, like, most of the whole internal space. It was, like, a little bit bigger than this and everything. It's, I think, twice as big as this. Okay. Room. Yeah. And everything in it was like a oh, pretty sizable space. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Okay. And okay. then so a nice, nice like, environment. Like like a couple hundred square feet even, maybe. Well, twice as big as this. So like I would say like you take this and then you add take the length of this and then move it okay. up. And so you're walking in, there's art all over the wall, and then you go in and there's more. Yeah. And that was the art gallery. Yeah. And then uh Moyo Damapada was like was when we did that. I did it a year later and it got really big because I finally got to have my friend from India's artwork, my my other friend from China, her artwork. Yeah. I got to have Bernard's artwork, my artwork, Dr. Flora, Ifa Laomi, uh, the Ifa Priestess, her artwork. Okay. It I, was like that was the news clip that I yeah, got to see. I was like, okay, was, so uh, these guys have know, been doing it, and so that was cool to see like what you had been building. Great, grown, grown, and I had a, form, a like Hawaii, keeping that longevity. Hawaiian sisters' artwork, a uh, sister named Alexis, her Beautiful. and her mother. Uh, Filipino sister um, Samantha her artwork and then I had like a 20% 15 to 20% of the artists can be uh, European during um, um, the African History Month and the um, indigenous like art things like I have a thing from Mother's Day to Father's Day that's just all indigenous but I allow 15 to 20% of the artists to be uh, abolitionist Europeans and then within yeah oh, okay well, I'm allowed that because I want to see the, that unity going. I feel like the indigenous European community never got to establish themselves I think since the wet weather mm. underground since the weather underground got disabled mm. um, in the 60s and the Black Panthers got disabled because there were European Black Panthers mm-hmm. there were Asian Black Panthers a lot of people didn't know there that were Latino Black Panther people didn't know about it yeah. but they existed and then they destroyed systematically destroyed them and then rewrote history and made it seem like they didn't exist. Right. So I want the abolitionist European community to have some sort of recognition. Yeah. You know, within like four fifths of us being melanated, that one fifth gets to like say, hey, I got artwork this yeah. honoring indigenous people, or honoring African people, or so on and so forth. And that that gets to be put on display too. Beautiful. You know, because it reminds to the rest of the world that like we've been working together longer than what the narrative has been trying to yeah. say. Yeah, and know, like I grew up in a com- I grew up in a community of like the civil rights activists. That the nickname was hippie, but they didn't call themselves that. Right, right. You know, they were like, and so I had like my my particular community was one of the most mixed parts of Philly. Mm-hmm. It was still predominantly melanated. But it was like I grew up around everybody. Yeah, me too. Know? Coming out of this year, yeah. So it's so like we're used to all working together. I, like, I, I, yeah, I want to see that. I don't want to see people. it get to the point where I want to see the abolitionist Europeans in North America establish themselves as as a tribe away from other European 
um, colonizers. Mm -hmm. I want to see that. That's never actually happened, and I want to put something out there for it to happen. Oh, you know? starting here. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. So, like, that that aspect of Moyo Dhammapada and then the other four-fifths is based on indigenous, melanated indigenous tribal unity. Us putting our art on display, making money, and doing the things we need to do and not being given a gag. Like, I always give the uh, indigenous artists 70 to 80% of the money uh, from the art gallery. That's pretty huge. Yeah. A lot of people don't know wow. a lot of art yeah. galleries. It's, it's, sometimes, <laughs> it's just like 20 to 30. Or sometimes something. the art galleries, yeah. it's, like, it's like maybe 50% that they take out, you know, for people, you know, <laughs> uh, artists and stuff listening. You guys know, but other people who aren't artists know when you see an artist's art in the art gallery, they're not getting the full amount of what that price is. And so you might notice that the price is a little higher in the art galleries. That's because they're, they're trying to actually make what they're worth because they have put their blood, sweat, and tears and their energy into sharing of themselves with the world to actually be able to be reciprocated for that. So what you're doing, giving 70 to 80% to our, that's like unheard of and groundbreaking. Yeah. You know, so I just want to acknowledge that just to the space and the listen. That's why I wanted, to, I wanted to see it do so well and that's why I've actually stayed here a little bit longer uh, in Ashland to get, a, to get the next one established because mm -hmm. I want to see uh, the art world and the video game world and the animation world have a stronger revolution so that we can have more freedom. Because I've been in so all those important. worlds before. Yeah. And architecture world, obviously, I want to see the same thing because architecture is like my baby. So, I, But I want to see that happen. Yeah. And I, this is like my way of contributing. So we have um, eight, the eightfold path for Moyo Dhammapada is um, um, virtuous visual art. Virtuous uh, literature and storytelling, virtuous uh, oriki-based or oriki-flow poetry, I like to call it. That's kind of how I refer to hip-hop. Like, hip-hop is really more of a fluid way of doing oriki. Mm. And, and oriki is? Oriki is um, uh, similar to uh, Japanese haiku. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like... Um, uh, Deep, spiritually based, almost parable-like poetry. Okay. Yeah, and we used to reflect from that, from that jazz and from that R&B and from that um, revolutionary perspective when we had Public Enemy, when we had um, even some of Tupac stuff, um, which is why Tupac is so uh, well respected. Is one of the best MCs that we've ever had. Is he had a Black Panther music uh, genre that he created through his activities. He had that kind of energy and he mm -hmm. came from a Black Panther family. So I want to restore that. All the positive Tupac Shakur, Shakur music, all the positive Wu-Tang music, positive, not let's kill each other and all this other not madness and, and sick nonsense, but let's establish ourselves, defend ourselves against Nazis, take, you know, handle them, disable them, um, and we'll also let's enable um, the teachings of Nelson and Winnie Mandela. Let's enable the teachings of Malcolm X and Betty Shabazz. Let's enable the teachings of our Ifa ancestors. Let's enable the teachings of um, White Bull, Sitting Bull, of uh, Tatanka Sapa, of uh, Black Buffalo, of uh, Tisanui, uh, White Buffalo Calf Woman. Let's, let's become this in our music. 
So uh, the beautiful, the, yeah, yeah, that's huge. So the the virtuous uh, art, uh, vis- virtuous visual art, uh, virtuous poetry, um, virtuous um, singing, you know, as an art form. Um, the virtuous uh, handicrafts like the necklaces and earrings and stuff that we make from our own culture. Uh, also the um, uh, virtuous dancing. Mm-hmm. We have different dance forms and things like that. So to be able to put that on display. Story creation, virtuous storytelling yeah. is like, mm-hmm. you know, you tell a story about some dude who like went over here and he found something real cool and like he put it in his veins and like all this, you know, it's like, oh, what kind of... Suggestions <laughs> are you bringing around? You exactly. know what I mean? Like, exactly. but you tell a story about someone who like sees someone in need and like helps them in this kind of way that like brings them up and like they're able to lift them up while like also staying stable and like raise the vibration of the whole field or like you know someone who's like a story that inspires someone to like step out on that limb that they've already checked and they know it's safe. But it's just really high up and like it's a little like a little sus, you know, and so telling a story that encourages them to make that step out just so they can reach that golden apple to like bring it to the people, you know, so like that kind of, you know, power. Yeah. And so it's like the same, you know, all, Mm -hmm. all these different ways of like expressing like our inner worlds. And it's like it's 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 it can be a joke can be done fun- in a funny way, but like yeah, it's no yeah, laughing yeah. matter, you know, it's, yeah, serious. Yeah, nice. it's like real, you know, it's like a real, when you're creating things and bringing things into the world, you know, it's, it's important. like, it's important yeah, to be it. like virtuous yeah. and conscious in your creation. And yeah. this is also to teach, like, this is also to teach the grownups, but our youth, mm-hmm. I want to teach them the Dhammapada, but I also want to teach them the Dhammapada and the Buddha tradition in relationship to indigenous tradition, because mm-hmm. they are very similar and being co-founder of the Lakota Meditation Center and seeing the similarity in the cultures of Lakota and, and um, Yoruba and Buddha tradition is especially Lakota and Buddha tradition has only proven that my uh, perceptions about that were completely correct. Mm. So uh, uh, my apologies to those who are listening. Um, I've, I haven't fully memorized these um, the Eightfold Path for Moyo Dhammapada yet, but here it is. Um, so virtuous visual art, virtuous storylines and literature, uh, as far as storylines and literature being things, stories that we create or um, depictions of reality that we write about. Virtuous music, in this case I'm talking about virtu- virtuous instruments, pl- the playing of um, traditional instruments and other new instruments in a virtuous way. Uh, virtuous dance, Virtuous healing martial arts. Um, that was like the reason I was having a lack of memory was because I wasn't remembering the virtuous healing uh, martial arts. Because I also want to use Moyo Dhammapada to connect people who truly practice, uh, especially the bloodline people who practice martial arts. Uh, whether it be Capoeira, Tai Chi, uh, Wing Chun, uh, Muay Thai, I want to see people come together and put those arts on display in a respectful way at the art gallery. Uh, virtuous divine singing arts obviously that has to do with sisters that, and brothers that can really sing and, and put it put it really thoroughly into uh, um, fruition and uh, mm. uh, virtuous oriki flow poetry arts and virtuous indigenous handicrafts that's the uh, eightfold path of uh, divine expression for Moyo Dhammapada oh yes. yes 
that's that's exciting. Good one. Yeah. So yep, that's so. that's a big branch of. Uh, it, it, it it it's like a really special branch of like the outreach, really powerful method of outreach, like yeah. through through sharing the Dhamma, sharing virtuous wisdom, sharing compassionate wisdom, in all these ways. And and this is want to remind you, listeners, like these are all ways that you, whether you're part of Moyo Dhammapada or not, or haven't yet connected with Mingpo, we'll share a little bit about how people can connect with you and, yeah. and be a part of it, but in your own way, of like a lot of you listening are artists and musicians, you know, so we want to, this is remind you and empower you, like, these are ways that you can do your thing in a beautiful way and impact the world, so remember, you know, as the songs that are coming through you, as the stories that are coming through you, the artwork, the visions that are coming through you, to put really put them in the form, those things that really touch your heart, allow that to be the motivation for your inspiration, you know, thinking about the world as a whole, the collective, the whole planet, you know, uh, through and through from the sky to the roots to the soil um, and all beings in between are benefiting from your songs, your music, your art, your stories. And so it's, a, it's just a precious, precious thing to see. Man. I think the, the period, your renunciation period, I think is like a big, like, because I think Correct me if I'm wrong, but I have a, I have a suspicion and a feeling that a lot of this like stuff we've been talking about today kind of started to like you know the cauldron kind of got put on the fire during the oh, renunciation totally, and totally. like you were like putting all these ingredients as you were like living this renunciated life that were just going in the cauldron and then like right around the time that you started to like step back into the world you're like oh wow there's some soup here oh this is medicine soup okay I'm gonna share it with the Community so I, with the relatives, you know. So I can the thing I can elaborate on as far as renunciation. Um, there were three stages of renunciation that I had. The first stage was um, being involved in our Sarah set uh, ancient Nubian tradition. My birth father's involved in, and we use the Tao Yi Ching in um, in that tradition because when slavery happened, we lost a lot of our connection to our own oracles. So the Tao Yi Jing is very similar to um, our oracles. In fact, it's probably a descendant of our oracles um, because of the, the uh, Asian, a lot of people in Asia, well, people from all over the world are related to uh, people from Africa, but Asia is one of the very strong particular places that they are, they come from, from uh, African ancestry. They come from migrating out of Africa. So, we used that, and that was how I started to be exposed to the Tao, and the Tao really played a huge part in me renunciating, big time. I would say even a bit more than Osir Set, the ancient Nubian tradition did, the Tao played a big part in it. So I got a Tao reading um, involved with the Osir Set tradition that had to do with the material world uh, being from the heavenly world, mm -hmm. and to return to the heavenly world to realize that the material world is not of value without the spiritual world. And there was a lot of deeper intricacies about that, but that's just what I'm willing to share. And it was letting me know when I did this reading came on the winter solstice, because we do readings on the winter solstice and summer solstice. And that was when I knew it was time for me to use society because I was already reflecting on it. That's what that's where it all a lot of it's beautiful to just like look at your body of work and what you've done already and knowing that you're still relatively young 
you know, cat yeah, yeah, in the yeah. <laughs> you know, in like, the early forties, um, and what you've got to, to do yet yeah, still, yeah. you know, what, what what initiatives you've already put into motion, um, and what's you know being implemented on on small scales and on larger scales, and so I want to uh, create opportunity for people to find out, like, because I know you you're you're you also have some stories you've done and some of your artwork too. The Moyo Damapada Art Exhibit, which will be. Uh, at M-O-Y-O-D-H-A-M-M-A-P-A-D-A, Moyo Damapada, at Moyo Damapada on Instagram. So it's up already. You can go there, but there's no uh, <laughs> pictures uploaded yet, but it, they, they will be of, you know, by the time um, this comes out. It'll be, it'll be up. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So, so that's the best way for me to express it. There's another way to express it. I can do it that way. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. So now that listeners <laughs> want to find your art, they can go to at Moyo Damapada on uh, on, on, Instagram. on Instagram. Beautiful, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Um, and then like, so for example, if someone wants to get involved with Amibdi Sangha, Omti Amibdi Sangha is at O T O Q A Y A Q A B A. So Oto Kayak Aba. Uh, even though it sounds like a bizarre name to most people, there's a meaning to it. Oto is Japanese, it means sound. Kayak is a uh, uh, Topewakaki, native um, native uh, Turtle Island. And it means um, basically the, uh, the boats and flotation devices we use to travel through water. Mm-hmm. And then Aba is the... Um, Aba is the uh, place in Nigeria where the women, uh, the women of Nigeria had a powerful revolution against the colonials. Mm. So it means sound journey revolution. Mm. Oto kayak abami is sound journey revolution. That's why I have those words like that. Beautiful. And that's on uh, Instagram. <clears throat> yeah. You can connect and send messages. Yeah. And connect with you there. And that's like, you know, like I have Omtiamivdi Sangha's name there. You can click on uh, Amiti Sangha there. The reason that I call it Oto Kayaka Ba is because I wanted to really emphasize um, what was said by our ancestors about chanting in this day and age, chanting the virtues, chanting the songs, chanting the ancient songs, and the importance of chanting those songs uh, as we prepare to meditate or as we prepare to pray. And the power that they carry, mm-hmm. and the journey it takes us on, the, the purification journey it takes us on. Beautiful. So, and and that that energy needs to be chan- that needs to be channeled into our music, into our artwork, into how we behave, into how we raise our children, into uh, how we have our relationships, how we um, have our divine marriages, all of that. It needs to be applied into all of that, and it will take us on a journey of purification through the waters of life that will help us to be able to stand up for ourselves and create a new world. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. So they can find you there. They can plug into the amazing visions and, and the unity of different wisdom traditions and cultures that are being birthed through yeah. a baby song that they can connect with you there. Maybe different uh, people from different wisdom traditions who want to unite. Yeah. Unite uh, action plans and things like that. They yep. can reach out to you there. <laughs> they can send a message to you there on Instagram at that. At that, follow along with what's going and on. And then, uh, 
you know, uh, for WeHugza, all you have to do is put at w.e.h.u.g.z.a.greeninitiative, uh, and that's on Instagram. Okay. And then, uh, again, Moyo Dhammapada, just spell the words out. And that's on Instagram as well. Okay, so all these are ads so we got. Okay, yeah. beautiful. And, and um, so and just a reminder, people, you know, with Lehugza, they can activate the, this amazing indigenous eco-garden, sustainable, regenerative technology, working together, really bridging this unity of healing the planet, healing the self, healing the spirit, healing the relations between nations aspect there, really bringing to this peacefulness of growing the food and really cultivating this deeper virtuous way of cultivating life on yeah. the planet and so that's that's huge I mean, i'm really excited to see what you know continues to come out of that and uh and also we'll put in the show notes for everybody you can check out the different interviews and actions that have already been on the news with with all of these yeah so you can you guys get to really see live at hand too some different videos and things on all these and again you can reach out here on instagram connect with ningpa I think, so if anybody's interested in donating, um, there's two ways, or three ways actually, uh, if you're from far away. You can either uh, send a check to the Lakota Meditation Center in my name, uh, Mingpa Huratun, M-M-M-I-N-G-P-H-A. The last name is H-R-U, uh, capital A-H-T-M, and uh, the H-R-U, A-H-T-M are together, even though they're two capitals. Um, and then uh, you can put that in my name and send it to 100 Meditation Center Drive, uh, Porcupine, South Dakota, 57772. Beautiful. So that's how people can uh, donate via check. And that, that will, you can plug, and they can write to you and say, we want this to go to this initiative, this initiative. Yeah, you can okay. say which initiative you want it to go to. And uh, remember, if you just donate to Om Tiamiti Sangha and put it in my name, um, it'll go both to Moyo Dhammapada and to Wehugza. If you want to specifically donate to Moyo Dhammapada, um, in the same way that you would put Om Mtiyamivdi Sangha in parentheses, um, you would put Moyo Dhammapada in parentheses and Wehugza in parentheses. Beautiful. And, and then, so is there and another then, uh, method? Yeah, uh, there's a PayPal. Okay. The PayPal is regardless of the circumstances. So it's a uh, capital R for regardless, uh, lowercase O F, and then lowercase T H E, and then uh, capital C uh, for the circumstances with all lowercases after. The only two let words that have capitals are regardless and circumstances. Beautiful. So you know everything else is all lowercase in the word regardless and in the word circumstances. So the PayPal is regardless space of space. The space circumstances. Beautiful. And yeah. then uh, you guys have a Venmo recently too. Yeah, I have a Venmo. Uh, just um, contact me on Instagram, and um, I can set up. I can create a pathway for the Venmo. I just don't want to kind of. I just got the Venmo, and I'm careful with society stuff. I don't really want to get too much into the banking, but it's important for me to have Venmo. But if you want to contact and um, do Venmo, contact me on Instagram, or you can call me at 315-559-6985. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I want to point out to, to the listeners here, um, all of these initiatives and actions and marches and um, um, 
art galleries and the eco indigenous eco gardens and the unity of the different uh, nations. Um, all of these initiatives have been brought up by Mingpa, um, not not working a job on the side, you know, to to fund all this. This has been outside of the society, outside of outside of money, really, and yeah. <laughs> having the intention to do this. Yeah. So just for you listeners who are like, oh my, I need to have X, Y, Z, and Z to saved up this amount of money saved up so that I can make this positive influence to do this and this and this. It, it doesn't take that. It just takes you choosing to do it and being resourceful with what you are doing, yeah. being mindful with what you're doing, being intentional with what you are doing, and having the ability and, and the willingness to learn how to show up and also and also ask for help within it as well. Yeah. You know, but not letting those things limit you. Like, oh, I need to have the steady flow of income to be able to start to do this thing. Yeah. You can just jump into it. And I, so that's I, a good reminder. Just want to share that to listen. I'll use this uh, metaphor for people. Uh, the praying mantis uh, martial arts style, uh, the Shaolin praying mantis martial arts style, was created by a person who was disabled. So just because you feel disabled by not being able to, for me, I didn't touch money for four years. And then uh, that was the first, the first four years that I was a Zen monk. Uh, along with that, I returned to touching money because of the necessity to be able to help others out and to be able to like get donations and work on projects and things like that. So now the beautiful thing too is like, so you're, you're here in Ashland at the time of this recording and then you're going to be, but your home base is uh, South, South Dakota. Dakota. And then, yeah. um, so people who are, you know, going to South Dakota want to drop by the Lakota Meditation Center for Mindful Living can look you up through Yeah. And then uh Facebook, our Facebook is uh um you just go on Facebook and put Lakota Meditation Center, but the actual address is https colon slash slash www.facebook.com slash Lakota Meditation Center. Beautiful. And then we're on YouTube too. Uh, if you look us up, uh, just go to YouTube and look up the Lakota Meditation Center channel and you'll find it. And I'm on there. I have three Dharma talks on there. I have a Dharma talk on uh, my Instagram, on the Otokayakaba um, uh, account, which is for Om Tiamiti Sangha. I have uh, one of the Dharma talks. I have like a peach shirt. That's how you will see the first Dharma talk. Just look for the me with a peach shirt on. <laughs> peach colored shirt. And um, that's it for now. We're on uh, Facebook. I'm not a fan of Facebook, but the head founder already established a Facebook account. So if people want to check that out, they can do that too. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. And as a reminder too, like this is a unity of nations and wisdom traditions. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Mike, what's his name? Mike Brooks. Mike Brooks, yeah. uh, Lakota man, yeah. who, who him and his, um, his Older brother. He's a medicine man. Medicine He's man. actually the, uh, chief. He actually the uh, Nacha for Sundance. Yeah. yeah. So that's He's that's a, you know so that's beautiful and they bring that together with the Buddha wisdom. Yeah. You know and then the, the Afro Native <laughs> wisdom and like you know so this this is the unity of nations here and this is a big thing we want to share on the show. So uh, last part is uh, you're also going to be going to Hawaii. You're going to be in Hawaii. Some people yeah. listening might be in Hawaii <laughs> while you're in Hawaii. So yeah. you want to let them know maybe uh, what so, island you're going to be so, so they can link with you so, about Moyo de Lapata and the art gallery you're working on over there. So currently I sent two letters uh, to, I sent a letter to Rinzai Zen and Montacuji. 
uh, in uh, Paya in Maui. Reach out to Mingpa on Instagram, send a message, check and see if he made it to Hawaii. Yeah. And <laughs> link up with him there and join in some of these initiatives. Take a positive action in the world in this beautiful, beautiful way. And, uh, and then and I, what it'll be is uh, if, well, when things work out, because I don't look at it as if I've had very strong intuition about Hawaii and I know I'm going to be moving there. Yeah. When yeah. it happens. Exactly. We're speaking uh, I'm going to be spending half the year in Hawaii and the other half the year in South Dakota. And then in between those times, I'll visit Ashland and Syracuse. Beautiful. Ashland, Oregon, and Syracuse, New York. Okay. Yeah. So east, east, west, north, south to yeah. the island. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. And uh, so, so it's wrapping up. I want to see um, any, uh, you know, just last, last piece of Dharma or bringing everything together. And then want to uh, give you opportunity to, you know, as we do on the show, we like to do opening prayer, closing prayer on the guest, depending on the guest preference. And so we want to give you opportunity to give it to share last little, you know, closing statement and then a a closing prayer for the show. Send his blessings out, send his good creative energy out, his good wisdom, his good dharma out. The last thing I'd like to say um, is about the vision I had about the rainforest and about the, um, the pine tree ocean that we used to have here in North America. <coughs> our breathing, our, our prana is not real prana in, in, uh, on Turtle Island because of the pollution and because of the colonial destruction that we've, that we've taken on. Uh, we need to not look at any aspects of colonization as advanced technology. It's garbage. And to really realize that we have gone from uh, PS4 to Atari 3600 uh, as far as our nature is concerned. We downgraded nature-wise. We went to abundance that was so vast and powerful that you could just eat fruit and be high from the fruit. You could literally be high from eating the food, drinking the water, and breathing the air. To now we're being toxified, purposely toxified, to um, not be able to function correctly enough so we can apply the virtues necessary to restore our planet. So the last uh, noble truth in Karuna that I have for Wehugza with removing the roads and removing the road system and the highway system and establishing the the, um, renewable energy hovercrafts and air cars Please do not look at that as far-fetched. We were supposed to have those things in, in 2000. 2001, 2000, we were already, when we, um, because I was 19 going on to 20, uh, I turned 20 in 2000. I know, like, that for anybody that remembers, we were thinking we were going to live like the Jetsons in 2000. By 2005, we were going to have flying cars. We all felt that way. Flying, uh, hover skateboards, flying cars, and all these other technologies. And so let's not be stupid enough or be foolish enough, is a better way to say it, to give up on those things. Let's use skillful means to restore our rainforest and restore our ecosystem in a way where we give up and stop sacrificing our ecosystem. And we learn that we're a part of the ecosystem and that we need to give up things for it to be restored rather than it has to give things up for us. And that's the uh, last thing I have to say. Don't sacrifice the ecosystem. Sacrifice your ego. Mm-hmm. Um, like a, a closing prayer or 
our channel yeah. to set it up. <clears throat> so this uh, is in uh, dedication to um, Oludumare and Wakantanka, the celestial divine that has guided me in my journey very powerfully this year on this chant. And the words mean a uh, divine celestial healing uh, gratitude. Waka Taka Zani Wapila Waka Taka Zani Wapila Waka Taka Zani Oh. Uh-huh. 